3: Host your free job on linkedin.com/recommend today.
2: The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley radio show are those of the host Dell Wamsley, his guests and his callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.
0: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley radio show.
4: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, this is Tell Dell. And again, we have an interesting story for you. We have a gentleman here in Southern California out of San Diego, and he uh, has started his career as a software engineer, been doing that for many years. His wife was a uh, cardiac tech, and uh, like most Americans that are That successful, and when I mean successful, I mean they have highly compensated positions uh, living in a nice part of the country, making large amounts of money. Something came along and made them decide they wanted to change all that. So they got into real estate investing, bought houses, apartments, uh, syndication deals. They've done just about everything, so we're really interested to hear their story today. With me here today is just the husband, Steve Anderson. Welcome to the show, Steve.
5: Hi, Dell, from a very hot San Diego. Good to talk to you. (laughs)
4: <laughs> How hot is it out there?
5: It's supposed to be 103 today at my house so in the Inland Valleys of San Diego, so it's a toasty one again.
4: Wow. That is hot, man. That's funny. We had our hot stage about a month ago or a couple weeks ago, and it was terrible. I hated it, so hope you're enjoying it. Hey, let's talk about successful people like yourself. You know when I do these shows at Tell Dells, it's always about, all right, I don't, you know... <clears throat> Who cares what Del Wamsley does? He's a, kind of a unique individual, kind of a freak. Um, let's talk about the normal guys out there. And we talk about the middle class blue collar workers. And then we talk about white collar workers. And then we talk about, you know, really highly compensated individuals. And it's funny how within all of those strata of financial being, different people end up at the same place realizing that it doesn't really seem to be working out the way they thought it would work out or something sends them this direction. And I'm really curious about yourself because you two, again, are a couple that are in the you know highly compensated area uh, of income. You live in a really nice part of the country. Uh, you've got a great life, you know, or a good life. And they always, I always say what gets in the way of a great life is a good life. So I'm really curious to find out. Tell us a little bit about your background, about yourself and your wife, where you come from, and what was it that stimulated this desire to look into something different?
5: Well, uh, I've been in high tech for my entire career, and uh, really enjoyed it. I uh, do software engineering, project management, and architecture, and my wife has had, has been in the medical field um, for many years. Um, but uh, I, think, I think our story is similar to um, a lot of people that uh, have discovered lifestyles. Uh, You get to a certain point in your career, and you look at: um, is is all the savings in my four hundred one k really going to get me where I want to go? And and you look at uh, corporate life. You see layoffs around you, over the years. And uh, um, and right now, right now we're in a period where uh, companies are struggling, and uh, you know, with Corona going on, and raises aren't there, and so. It, a few years ago, we started investing um, in some single-family homes outside of Lifestyles Unlimited, and we did fairly good, but uh, um, we, we really wanted to start protecting ourselves financially in the case of a job loss or, or you know, health issue or anything else coming up. And uh, so, so we started investing in houses, and then we discovered you on the radio around 2015. And we, we uh, joined just at the basic level. Really didn't do much the first year we were, that we uh, uh, joined Lifestyles because we were out here in California. And that, at that time, we didn't have all the fantastic networking we have going on now in California with Lifestyles. Um, but uh, we, started, we started investing um, in houses and thought that we would do that in Lifestyles, too, until, until uh, we heard about multifamily. And uh, we decided, you know what, multifamily is the better way to go. And so we never thought in a million years we could buy an apartment building with uh, other investors. And so we have not bought another single family house since we joined. And in fact, right now I'm in the middle of selling a single family house that I bought beforehand. And uh, it's, it's really been all multifamily passive investing for us since 2016
4: let's talk about right before you you came here Um, you're now currently Southern California ambassador which we thank you for and we'll get into that more here in a few minutes how you grew that group but before that you were you were someone that was a give-back kind of guy forever and if I remember right from your story that you told me that you used to teach for um, Dave Ramsey did you not or am I just imagining that
5: yeah absolutely Uh It's funny because at about the time that I was investing in single-family homes outside of lifestyle, uh, there I, I had met a lot of people that were struggling with basic finance 101 skills. And um, I had taken my kids through the Dave Ramsey financial peace class uh, just to teach them the basics of finance. And and I was actually, I, I we, we felt we got a lot out of it in terms of You know things that people should do. Just you know, just that basic foundation of skills. And so, because I saw a lot of people that were struggling in that area, and you know they were using debt incorrectly and just doing things that just weren't weren't financially intelligent, um, I decided to start teaching the financial peace class. I did that for a few years, and uh, ironically, this was when I was using debt to buy single-family homes, so I felt like a bit of of a hypocrite (laughs) um, while I was doing that. And so uh, what I decided to do after, especially just before I got into uh, lifestyles, I just decided, you know, I I don't think I'm gonna continue teaching this. I I think some of the foundational skills are really good, but when it got into things like not using debt um, at all and paying off your mortgage, I just saw some real, real foundational issues in terms of wealth, wealth growing. And when I heard you talk about, um, you know, people that are really struggling financially should go to Dave Ramsey first, and then if you want to become wealthy, um, that you were standing up on the mountain and pulling people up, that that pretty much knocked it out of the park for me. That uh, I was going the no longer the Dave Ramsey way, but uh, the Del Wamsley way.
4: Yeah, and I think that you probably clarify it that it's it's an extension. It's the next level. You wouldn't stay in you wouldn't stay in first grade the rest of your life, right? You master those That's skills, and, you master those skills, and move on. That's the way it should be. You need those skills, right? They're the basis, but then you move on. And what's problematic is when someone tries to tell you you should stay in first grade the rest of your life. That's the only argument I've ever had with that. Is that for never. Do you ever learn how to use the skills of leverage to your advantage? That's like saying to your daughter, "You know, you're really doing well at riding a bike. I don't think you should ever learn how to drive a car because it's way more dangerous." <laughs> you go, no, that's, that's yeah, not and, what you and, teach him.
5: And they were they were just using the standard thing you read in Money Magazine and everywhere else that you know throw everything you can at your 401k. And after watching that 401k go up and down and up and down, it's it's not the model to get. To get wealthy and to build wealth, it's just—it's
4: just not there. Yeah, the 401k was touted quite a few years ago to be the end-all, be-all, but that was really a sales pitch to get us out of more out of the companies being required to pay their pensions that they had all fallen flat on and so you know the whole world had to come up with a new idea and that was the 401k it only took them thirty years to figure out it didn't work because that was the the life cycle of retirement from the time they put it together right so thirty years later the people that were of that age which we we are you <laughs> wake up and go man that was a failed experiment at my expense for my thirty years of life right so luckily we were able to move on and uh, i did the same thing moved on you moved on and now you've got quite a few apartment complexes still some single families hanging around and uh, you're making moves. So we're going to talk about here um, when we come back from the break. You know, you've got your real estate paying for your, your son's college education, I believe. Do uh, you got the wife in a position where this is the year she's going to retire if she hasn't already this late? Yeah,
5: she's retired.
4: Okay, great. So we got her retired. And you've got a plan. Three more years of working and building your portfolio. So you must have it really idealized as to what you need to live the life and the quality of lifestyle you want the rest of your life because you've already got it hammered out. So, uh, you know, that's wonderful. So all of that is a story that I want to get from you because it's so well planned out. And, uh, again, I also want to get a little bit of a difference from, okay, I did this from California, which a lot of people, when I first started this thought California was not going to be a functional place for our program, and yet it's exploded, which you know because you helped explode it. So we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with Steve Anderson, the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
3: post your free job on linkedin.com
0: slash recommend today
1: talk 1370 the right choice
0: welcome back now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time del wamsley
4: welcome back to del wamsley radio show with me today is steve anderson out of uh San Diego, California. Steve is the ambassador for the Southern California group. Uh, 250, 300 people strong, if I remember the last time we counted. And uh, he's built that from just like a group. I remember going out there and meeting them. And I think we had dinner with like 10 or 15 people. It was just ridiculously small. But, man, he brought it all the way up, so that's that's wonderful. Uh, Steve, before we get into the ambassador situation, let's talk about the... um, the choices of investments you made and why you made those choices. Um, what was it about the multifamily investing that gra- grabbed your attention?
5: I, I think the, uh, a couple of big things was that uh, the returns on multifamily um, significantly outpace what you can do in a single family home with the ability ability to uh, uh, increase the value of the property in so many different ways. So that, that was a really big one. Uh, another, another one was passive investments, which is what I'm doing. I'm um, investing with others in apartment buildings is so easy. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I find, I find a lead, I, uh, study the deal, uh, invest in it. And then I get, I get ca- cash put deposited into my account every three, every three months. And, and then I look at financial statements. So there's Hardly any time uh, to do it. So people that are working full time like me, it's it's the best thing you could ever name in terms of building your wealth because there's just not a lot of work uh, that has to be put into it. Now, if I compare that to my single family homes, those those are pretty easy too. But I am deep into running this thing single family home, so I'm making decisions and uh, dealing with um, you know putting in a new water heater or things like that. Um, but uh, it's, it's a little bit more work. It's not a lot more work, but, you know, it's the, the passive income from, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the ability to generate uh, wealth with multifamily just by far exceeds what I can do in single family.
4: Now, um, when you go to look for these deals and y- you basically have choices of, uh, I know there's last Expo, there's over 250 different guys that were Out there, uh, putting these deals together, and I know it's over 250 because we limited the number of people that could present to 250 at the last expo, and there was more that wanted to get in. So let's say 300 or better. Um, They're all putting deals together out there, all over the country. What are you looking for in a deal? Are you looking more for? And I always ask people this: Are you looking for the the horse or the jockey? Are you looking for the guy putting the deal together? his qualifications or her qualifications? Are you looking for the deal itself? Or how do you weight those in your decision-making?
5: Well, I always like to say that if you've got a good person putting a deal together, and you've got an experienced person putting a deal together, that person's gonna find a great deal. And so I would much rather have somebody that I have total confidence in um, to find, find a deal because I know he's going to find a good deal and run it strongly. And so that's usually first. Now I have, I, you know, I have swayed a little bit from that because I have found some brand new leads that have never done deals. I've invested with several of them, and some of them have had some really strong um, real estate background, but have never done a syndicated deal. And after talking with them and just seeing how their mind works, um, I could see that they had a very strong potential. I've, in fact, I'm, I'm talking with a new lead right now and considering a deal. Um, but uh, I've, I've actually done quite well with a couple of new leads because they had some very strong project management background and, and real estate back, background. And I've, I've hit it out of the park a couple of times with some brand new leads, too. So so I think you really got to look at the big picture. If if you have somebody that's done multiple leads, that's always a good thing. But if you want to get into a new lead that uh, has great potential, you should not count them out either.
0: You
4: know, there's some uh, inherent benefits with a new lead and not to put down uh, an older lead. You know, somebody's already figured it out and done through it a few times. It's a lot easier for them. I mean, there's no, no doubt. It's just they know what they're doing. They know how to get it done and so forth. And so I've pretty much invested with um, more mature leads. However, I will tell you this. As I consulted people, I used to tell people, you know, you want a little bit more bang for your buck. You might want to go with a beginner, and the reason for that is they take less override because they don't deserve to take a larger portion of the deal yet. They haven't built up the credibility to do that, and so they generally take a smaller amount of the deal, leaving you with a larger percentage of the profit. And secondly, they usually pick deals that are small because that's all they can afford to do it up front, in which case they don't want to stay in them. And the beauty of not wanting to stay in them is they want to sell them uh, immediately or refinance them immediately within one year or two years to get their money back so they can go on to the next deal, which means you get that capital gain bump much quicker. Have you found um, any propensity for getting more capital gain bump either from refinance or sale uh, on any choices of the people and deals you pick?
5: Oh, yeah. Um, one of the first-time leads that I, I used, um, he had many, many years in multifamily management but he'd never been an owner. And so he'd, he'd refied many, many um, uh, properties in the, in the past. He'd, he'd, uh, he'd fixed, fixed up many properties, um, I, is what I'm trying to say. And so he bought, we bought a deal in Arlington, Texas, and we sold it in under two years. And I think we made about 27% per year. Um, but he you know he wanted to move on to the next big deal. He had a bunch of money in that deal, but that that got him into bigger deals, which I also invested in with him. so so definitely and and I know a uh, Californian lead out here that started in Sacramento and made well over a hundred percent in a year um, on his first deal and moved on to bigger and better things. So've we've definitely seen some of that.
4: Well, that brings me into the next question, and that is, um Investing in California. Since you're the uh, California ambassador, Southern California ambassador, I'm sorry, um, you have a very keen insight as to what's going on as far as the investors. Tell us about being an investor in California. I know that you Sacramento deal got done. I don't even know how many total deals have been done in California. You can clarify that for us if you have it. And that what everybody who in this big giant group of people you have, where are they investing at? What are they doing?
5: Well, I tell you, Dale, not many people invest in California. <laughs> we we do have we have had a few people invest in the Central Valley in California because the numbers have looked similar to Texas in terms of uh, prices and uh, potential returns. Um, so we've we've had uh, multiple deals in Sacramento. We have a person that's done multiple deals in the Fresno area, um, but but there's not that many people that. Uh, want to do California, especially the coast. The coast just doesn't make sense because prices are just through the roof. And, you know, if, if you want a 3% cap rate, you know, go for it. But that's not what we want to do <laughs> generally. Uh, so, so most of us uh, invest all over the country. Um, I think I sent you a map of where I'm investing. I've, I've, got, I've got properties in Phoenix, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, uh, Kansas City, So we're we're all over the country. We got people in. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's
4: do this. Uh, We're going to take a break, Steve. So let's go ahead and pick that up when we come back on the other side of the break. We'll be right back with Steve Anderson, the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?
0: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
4: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley radio show with me here today is Steve Anderson, multifamily, single family investor out of uh, Southern California. And uh, Steve has um is, I'm sorry, the Southern California Ambassador. They call themselves SoCal. And, uh, you know, like everything in life, abbreviations drive me crazy because only the people who use them know what they mean. So <laughs> I'm calling it the Southern California Ambassador, and he's called the SoCal Ambassador. But the reality is is that the, this program, I, I created idea of education and hands-on help started 30 years ago. And we grew in Houston, we grew in Dallas, we grew in San Antonio, we grew in Austin, grew in Phoenix. And, you know, we finally decided we just got to take this thing nationwide. Everybody needs a shot at this thing. So we came up with this idea of finding the people that we, we call early adopters uh, that are really excited because we realized the need in any location for there to be that hands-on, touchy-feely uh, transference of information and motivation. And so we went around and found people. Steve jumped out right away uh, in the Southern California area. And I remember back, Steve, going to, a, I remember going to a dinner with you at a nice restaurant. And I swear there was only 15 people there. Was that about right? Or my, I, I think yeah, two or three or four we, or more employees, I think. Yeah, uh, we had,
5: we, we had uh, dinner over there in Coronado and just had a few people at that point.
4: So how did you, how did you grow that thing like that?
5: Well, it, it, it was interesting because when I, when I joined Lifestyles, there, there wasn't anything like this. And that, that contributed to me starting out slow. And, uh, I, I had a uh, friend in, uh, Austin, um, who was doing fantastic with Lifestyles and he really got me motivated. And so I came out to the expo and, uh, I, when I was out there, I talked with uh, JB uh, from Lifestyles and asked him if there was a way we could start some networking out here. And so, of course, when you suggest something, uh, the first thing people say was, how about it, you do it, Steve? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I was one of the early ambassadors. And uh, what I did at the expo is I started uh, looking at name badges and seeing if there was anybody from California and started writing creating a list of people and that that um that started a group the very first group that we had for dinner was four people in southern california but we also started a uh, small email distribution list that covered uh, northern and southern california so over time um jb started sending more people um to me and and uh, introducing me to more people as as they joined and so our our group started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and so we we grew it up to we've grown it up to like about 60 as as a normal attendance at our meetings, and uh, the distribution list has grown up to I think close to 250 now um, throughout California, and and we do a lot of uh, interacting with uh, Northern Californians and Southern Californians. So we invite each other to uh, groups and people people often fly down. Um, same with Phoenix we we're very. In touch with what's going on in Phoenix, since that's a, a close market for us to in, invest in. And so it's it's uh, it's grown um, quickly, and I, I think it's going to continue to I- expand uh, quickly over time. So um, it's it's interesting, you know. People in California are they're highly taxed, very expensive place to live. So what Lifestyle's does is it uh, it really draws in all of the people that are. Um, more financially conservative in California. Yeah, I just said Californian conservative in the same sentence, didn't I?
4: Yes, you did.
5: <laughs> but uh, there, there are millions of financially conservative people in California. And this has just been a a real draw in uh, finding uh, a more tax-friendly investment than what, what people have done in the stock market. and. The excitement level out here at our meetings is through the roof uh, when we get together.
4: You know, you you've just stimulated me to tell my California joke. You know that, right? <laughs> <Let's hear laughs> I, can't, I can't help it. <laughs> So I always tell people when I'm out eating dinner and whatever and California comes, up, I say, California is a unique place. It's the one place in the world where you go to pay the highest amount of taxes to have the right to have your electricity turned off on a regular basis, your house burnt down on a regular basis, your land disrupted by uh, earthquake on a regular basis, um, and, on and on and on and on and on and on. And to have people sleeping uh, on your front sidewalk and defecating there. But you've got to pay a lot of taxes for all that beauty. So
5: we,
4: to to, we pay for the sunshine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> pay for something. So, hey, the, I'm going to ask this question because it's a strange question. Ask from what you've reported right now of what you remember happening. Most people that come to Lifestyles, they immediately think that it's amazing how open people are with their financial situation and honesty and the networking and so forth. Yet you came in and you didn't get to touch that right away. Um, did you get, when did you start to feel that? Was it at the expo or was when you started having your own meetings? When did you finally figure out that this was a different group of people?
5: Well, I do something a little different than, uh, other people out of state. Whenever I, I come to the expo every year, but I don't just go to the expo. Um, I always look to see if any other groups in, in Texas are having any meetings. And at, at the different meetings, um, such as I've been to Austin multiple times, <clears throat> the different meetings, uh, people do the case studies and they open their books and uh, and share. And then, of course, when we are at the expo, we we do the bus tours through the different uh, multifamily complexes, and people open their books there too. So so that that was really exciting uh, to see that. And so what we've tried to do in California, we I mean, we started it when the group was as little as as. Uh, 18 to 20 people, um, we've started to do the same type of thing. Uh, the nice thing about living in Southern California is um, we get uh, numerous leads that are very interested in coming out here, having a little vacation, and uh, presenting, presenting case studies to us. So um, it, It's amazing the open books, really, to answer your question, the open books and the learnings that you get when you see how people operate their, pro- their, uh, their multifamily properties it's just an eye-opener and it benefits everybody um it it benefits the passives it benefits other people that are leading deals and we we work together as a big solid uh well-oiled team
4: so this is a slightly different question and might even feel a little strange but i'm gonna go for it anyway and that is um for other people to come on the radio show here, and and I talk to them, or even when I talk to them personally, one of the things that they tout is that there's this strange transference of social etiquette and or the group of friends you hang out with to where most of us, that's a big statement, most, I'll say a lot of us are in a situation, if you picked our 10 or 15 best friends uh, that we hang out with all the time, they're Lifestyles members. Um has that happened there yet being that all you have is an ambassador structure and not an office live entertainment structure
5: oh yeah that that definitely is happening out here uh we do quite a number of things um you know together uh people that live close by so you know i've i've invited people over uh that are here here in san diego um we you know we do events where we bring people in, uh, to restaurants and things like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of my best friends are lifestyles people. And the, the other interesting thing is friends that, uh, friends that weren't lifestyles people that I've enjoyed for many years, I've pulled them into lifestyle. So now they're part of the lifestyles family too. <laughs> so, um, uh, most of them, when they see what I'm doing, they're like, I want to know more. I want to know more. And, uh, I probably brought in at least a dozen people into lifestyles uh, that are close friends of mine.
4: That's an interesting point, Steve, because like minds, you know, birds of a feather flock together, uh, good minds think alike, all those type of statements come out of the fact that people really do, um, you know, birds of a feather flock together It's the easiest way to say it. They do accumulate. Uh, groups of people to hang out with that are most like-minded to them and if you know you're conservative financially and you want to be successful and retire um, then that's probably somebody you can hang out which is where we're gonna go with the next segment because uh, that's a perfect segue into let's talk about your plan and right now this segment ends in uh, about a minute and a half so let's start with what was your plan three-step plan you had for lifestyles unlimited uh, involvement
5: Well, we we set up three goals from the very beginning. Um, When I was doing my single-family homes before Lifestyle, I was probably paying for about 15% of my kids' college with with the cash flow that I was generating from those. And I wanted to bump that up significantly. So we now have child number three in college, my son Josh. And... uh, since, we've, since we have since we've started investing in multifamily, uh, 100% of his uh, college is being paid for by um, passive income. So that was goal number one. To get- All
4: right, we're going to have to take a break and come back to goal number two. We'll be right back with Steve Anderson, the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
1: Talk 1370,
4: the right
0: choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Radio show
4: here on Tuesday. We call this the Tell Dell Tuesday, where we bring in someone that's a member and share their story. With me here today is Steve Anderson uh, out of San Diego, California. He's the Southern California ambassador, and he's also a multi-family investor, single-family investor. And uh, we were going over his goals. He and his wife had set up a, a family set of goals from the very beginning when they started. And his first goal was to get his, or to bring about the. Financing passive invest financing of his son's college degree, uh, in which he's got that occurred, as he said in the last segment. So, when we bring him up, Steve, we'll bring you back in here. You got one out of the three done. What are the other two goals, and how are you coming on those?
5: To retire, my wife Stephanie. uh, She and and this got accelerated. uh, (laughs) She had a uh, a major uh, injury just walking around the neighborhood. She fell down and. And broke her wrist so bad that she had to go on disability, and actually had to have uh, earlier this year she had to have her wrist completely rebuilt. And uh, because she's a cardiac tech in a hospital, uh, she she really couldn't use the wrist to do her job anymore because she has to lift patients and other things. So, so fortunately, we were at the point uh, at the beginning of the year where we could just just say, you know, it's it's time for you to uh, to retire. And so she re- she ended up retiring in April. So we checked that goal off. Uh, that that was goal number two. Our third goal is to really uh, work toward retiring me. And uh, with that, we've uh, we've been increasing, spending a lot of time working on increasing our passive income, so that we can eventually re- uh, replace my income. You know, one of my thoughts, which I mentioned earlier in the show, is is because. I work for a large corporation. You never know when the next layoff is around the corner. And so this was also a goal to protect protect myself so that uh, layoffs wouldn't be uh, painful to me if, if, that, if that hit me. Uh, this year, it's been kind of interesting because uh, uh, we have been told we're not going to have any raises this year because of the COVID. And uh, I estimate that my increase in passive income this year is probably going to be 10 times, what, normal raise I would have gotten um, by increasing the passive income this year alone. And I've also, I've also just had a cash out refi this year. I've made uh, more, more uh, money with cash out refis than my annual income. So we're moving along pretty quickly. We, we take all that money and reinvest it into more properties. And so that's, that's why I, I want to continue to work for uh, a few more years because I enjoy my job, but I want to continue to invest in, uh, in uh, properties so that uh 3 years from now I'll have a uh, a very large stream of passive income and uh my son's passive in or my son's uh, college education that is being financed with passive income will just come right into my retirement when it's done paying for his college so um in the next few years we should be in fantastic shape and that's good for a very expensive place that we live here in California
4: yeah, I was speaking to a guy the other day that had had that challenge. He was uh, wondering why everybody was able to retire except him. Then I looked into its cost of living. <laughs> I go, you know, dude, you are living, you know, like probably two or three times the actual average standard of living. And he wanted to know why buying a few pieces of real estate didn't cover it all.
5: Yeah, uh, but uh, you can do it in California. We've had uh, members out here that have retired uh, after getting into enough enough, uh, investments to replace their income. So it, it may take a little bit longer out here because it is more expensive, but, uh, these are tax friendly investments. And so you're actually making a lot more, um, return than what you think about your job is. I mean, you, you don't have to earn as much as what your job income is to retire out here. So people always forget about that because these are such, such tax friendly investments, but people are doing it out here. It just takes a little bit longer than, say, somebody in the middle of the country.
4: You know, it's interesting you bring up the tax situation. I was investing in a deal the other day, and it was in a taxable state. And um, I looked at The rate of return seemed sufficient for me to get into. And then I found out it was in a tax state, and I was going to have to pay state income taxes. And the state income taxes were only 6%. But you know the 6% state income taxes, after affecting the investment... Brought the rate of return down below to what I could get just about anywhere else in any other deal, and I thought, wow, it's an amazing aspect of being tax uh, deferred, tax free. However, you look at it, depending on what you do with it, you know, you can use the tax deferral system in many ways. So that that's interesting. And you guys in California, you go up to twelve percent state income tax, don't you? I think
5: it's thirteen percent actually, if I remember right.
4: They just raise it so again. I
5: think it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: so that that is a challenge uh, and hopefully the investments you get into are tax deferred or tax free which allows you to overcome that uh, tax disadvantage of being there in a taxable state. So that's that's a good thing.
5: Well, that's um, the big draw. That's the big draw for Californians is they they're so highly taxed that uh, this is real estate is the most tax friendly investment you can possibly have. So that's the big draw.
4: The thing that was interesting to me, though, um, if you look at this, is that people that live in California generally have good income. And I'm not talking about the people laying on the street, the bombs. I'm talking about, you know, the executive, the white-collar and up type people like yourselves. It, um, I can't think of it, you know, um, techs and so forth. And you're like, so you have good income. The, the deal is, is that the corollary between being able to retire is, I've retired a guy that only made, you know, I think it was like 17,000 a year and he retired in two years. Well, he only had to replace 17,000 in two years, right? Or 17,000 years, so it was very easy to replace that amount of income. If you have to replace $200,000 a year, that's a much more difficult situation. And until you realize, and this is the part they have to realize, if you make $100,000 a year in California, you're, or 200,000 a year in California, you're paying 42% federal income tax, 12% state income tax, uh, so you're at 54, then you've got Social Security of 7.5 if you're working for somebody else, so that's 60. If you work for yourself, you're self-employed, then it's 67 because you're paying 15% Social Security. When you look at those numbers, then it's really different. Well, Steve, I want to thank you, first of all, for being a member and being successful. Second of all, for being the ambassador for Southern California. And third of all, for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. I thank you very much, and I appreciate what you do for Lifestyles.
5: Thank you,
4: Dale. For the rest of you out there, keep this in mind. Steve doesn't do this just to have a little more money. He's already got good income. He's doing it to convert to an incredible lifestyle. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.